And then Windows just popped up a thing. How likely are you to recommend Windows 10 to friends or colleagues? Uh, not when you interrupt me when I'm trying to yeah. friggin' do something, buddy. <laughs> also, whoever does that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hey, you know what OS you should use? What, one of the two choices? Yeah. <laughs> you mean the one that was bundled with my hardware? Yeah. yeah. That's the one. What, you got the Linux or something? What are you, some kind of strawberry pie? Some kind of rhubarb motherboard? Some kind of... Let's start a computer company and sell the rhubarb motherboard. <laughs> rhubarb motherboard? Yeah, well, well, the orange pie is a ripoff of raspberry... Oh, Comcast, don't do this. No! What the f*** is going on down there? Hello, welcome to WTF and TFW episode 485, the episode that we are recording in defiance of the machines. Hello, Seth. Uh, I think the machines are great. I'm not defying anybody. I have I'm a one tweet. of the good ones. I have a tweet I wrote uh, uh -huh. that I want to read for posterity because I'm very proud of it because I decided to actually make use of my 280 characters. So, uh, quote, Dear Comcast, I live in a country you do not service and I hate you. You are garbage internet. You are digital sewage. The toilet paper smear among the grotty squalor of your trash major telco brethren. The proud fart that defiles the air of straightforward communications, comma, space. And then I stop there because that's a funny thing to do on Twitter. Uh, did you at them or are you just like no, I just did at the blank universe? I'm just shouting at the blank universe because once I did that, and I think that their help line actually on Twitter, their help whatever, like just name search Comcast and saw I was angry and then asked me what's up. <laughs> and that was weird because uh, there's literally nothing they can do <laughs> uh, to ass assuage my anger other than ceasing to exist. Uh, but we're not here to talk about Comcast <laughs> as much as that always happens anyway. But it's Comcastic. It's Comcastical. Which is the opposite of fantastic. We're here to talk about some Transformers. And uh, we're going to kick off with a, a quick little listener question. Uh, which came to us from Fandomus Maximus. Uh, he says, Dear Evangelist and Company, longtime listener, first time writer, writing in on my birthday to ask you a question. Happy birthday, belated birthday, Fandomus Maximus. Uh, this is pretty belated, actually. I didn't know about that part of the question. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what, though? The best birthday gifts are the late ones. Uh, he says, Today I got Titan's Return Twin Twist, a special gift for me, since my first Transformer ever was a G1 Twin Twist handed down to me by my cousin. Ever since then, Twin Twist has had a special place in my heart for me. So my question is, what minor Transformers character has held a special place in your heart from your youth? Thanks for your time. Keep up the fun podcast. Not gonna click, because I honestly don't know what the click thing is for. Now I feel old. Yeah. Uh, Seth... I, I think that our answers for this question have actually been stated on this podcast before, but this could be a good refresher for folks. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. minor, minor Transformers character that's got a special place in your heart from your youth. The Huffer? Gears. Mm -hmm. Those are Mostly your boys? Huffer. Yeah. All right. I like the grumpy kids. <laughs> yep. Uh, mine, is, mine are uh, more or less uh, Omega Supreme, the Action Master Elite. And Punch Counterpunch, because uh, those are two toys I had when I was a kid that I really liked. 
And then I went on to continue liking them through my youth up into my adulthood for varying and evolving reasons. Uh, Omega Supreme maybe doesn't count because he's literally not really a character, but hopefully Punch Counter Punch fills in that, that gap. Well, I mean, uh, he's a character. He just doesn't have, like, official characterization, I guess. Like, I don't think he even really has much of a tech spec bio. Like, he's just he's just Omega Supreme, but they wrote his name wrong because they based it off of a Japanese translation. And then they colored him stupid. <laughs> so Omega Supreme is, uh, is still indefensible because literally every reason for liking him I made up for the most part. But well, I'm very happy about fine. it. Yeah. That's fine. It's true imagination. Uh, as for the click thing, um, you'll find out someday. But you know what we're going to find Google out right it. now, Seth? Oh, man. What? Google WTF click. Like, what would they even give you? I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. Try Google uh, and find out. Seth, we got some good news. I got some news bits here I want to throw down. Good but this news. one's more of a PSA. Uh, Deluxe Cogman. He's appeared in the States here and there at Toys R Us's. He has also been discovered this week in Canada at Electronics Boutique, our version of GameStop. Uh, they seem to have Cogman in Canada. And he finally has a release date in Japan. Because he was going to come out in October and then got bumped to indefinite hiatus. So he'll now be coming out on December 28 in Japan. He's out now in Canada at EB Games. And he's out in the States here and there at some Toys R Us's, although I hear he's still very hard to find. You know, Electronic Boutique used to be the Canadian version of Electronic Boutique. I know. Before and then you guys absorbed. And then we ch ours changed its name to EB Games, and no one ever knows what the EB stands for unless they're cool. Well, yeah. I mean, I, EB changed from Electronic Boutique to EB Games here, too, before it got absorbed. Oh, geez. For the juggernaut. There used to be, like, at least three big game chains. No, mm -hmm. four. Because it was GameStop, Babbage's, Electronic Boutique, and Funko Land. And now there's only GameStop. I'm really sure in Canada we only ever had Electronics Boutique. Because the other three I've only ever heard of in, like, American podcasts. And uh, I remember Electronics Boutique in Victoria in the Eaton Center... Uh, they subsumed one of my favorite sh uh, favorite shops. It was a place called CompuCenter. Uh, that's where I bought a lot of computer games. And uh, I believe that is where I got uh, my Dreamcast demo kiosk from. Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember present. when Electronic Boutique didn't carry console games. Oh, it weird. was just a computer store. The computer software, not just games, but software in general and they sold video cards and all kinds of computery stuff. That's what CompuCenter did. And then it was a big deal when they started stocking Nintendo cartridges. They were around back when Nintendo was around? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I never heard of them until they took over CompuCenter's spot in the in the Eaton Center. Uh, I first encountered them at the, uh, at the uh, Northgate Mall in Terralinda. Whew. And I think the first place I saw a Nintendo at in a store was a Future Shop. Back when Future Shop was little. 
And, uh, oh, boy, all those companies are all dead now. <laughs> well, that's morbid. Well, <laughs> in this mall, um, right next to the electronic boutique was, like, a big kiosk that sold Nintendo NES games. Hmm. Like, that that was the place in the mall you could get them. And they had, like, this sit-down demo units, like, four or five screens around two sides that you could sit at and try different games. Man, it was a pretty cool deal. And then that disappeared, and electronic boutiques are... So anyway, that has nothing to do with any question that we were asked. No, in fact, the question was also a topic ago. Like, this was about Cogman. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to get the word out Man, there. I forgot about Cogman. <laughs> after, after all my grousing for, for months about how Cogman, like, is he even coming out, now he's fully come out uh in uh confirmed now well japan hopefully you know we'll we'll see at the end of the year but if that goes well that is three major countries he is confirmed to have been released in after already appearing in taiwan so congratulations cogman your toy came out and it's also pretty good um seth we also got some news here about uh japanese comedy duo downtown yep uh, I'm a big fan of one of these guys for stuff he's done after downtown. Uh, if you if you scroll down the news item, the guy on the left there who's who's got like the shaved head, mm-hmm. uh, he made a film I really enjoyed called Daini Honjin, also known as Big Man Japan. Uh, he also appeared in the the really good second season of Garo in its debut episode. Uh, I like that guy. Uh, I, I like downtown to a degree, but I never got into them until after they had kind of retired. Yeah, um, I saw Big Man Japan. Yeah, uh, that's that's the guy there on the left. So they are releasing a DVD uh, called Downtown Nogaki uh, no Tsukaya Arahande. And uh, apparently it's going to if you if you buy the DVD Blu-ray combo, you will get an exclusive version of the Titans Return Fortress Maximus Cerebros head. Uh, like the full Cerebros who turns into the big Fort Max head, with two different Headmaster units modeled after the downtown duo. That's really friggin' weird. <laughs> yeah, and it is. They, they're also keeping hidden what the giant head mode is going to be, and they're implying that there's going to be sound effects still in there that I guess relate to downtown. And this thing's going to be kind of expensive because it's a Japanese piece of media, so uh, uh, with a figure bundled in. So I, th- I think it looks like the thing is going to cost 9,500 yen. So uh, just under, oh no, the total cost of the disc and figure is uh, 16,000 yen. So that's around 130 bucks US. Uh, this is the kind of thing, if this shows up at like a, at like a, a TFCon or something, or if I see it at Mandarake, like just the figure, mm-hmm. I, might, I might go for this entirely because I, I, I kind of have a soft spot for, for downtown, mostly half of downtown, but I have a soft spot for them on the whole from a friend of mine back in, in late high school, early university. This is also friggin' weird. Yeah, I like how weird it is. Like, I mean, I saw that one movie. I don't know anything else about any of these people. Yeah. But those headmaster faces are something else. And yep. uh, just the whole thing is so weird. It's like, it's fun. Like, I don't, I don't have nearly enough connection. Like, I didn't even remember exactly what Big Man Japan was at first. I just... I went, wait, was that that one movie? And then I brought up a picture. Oh, yeah, it was that one movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I'm not going to be on the hunt for these things, but I appreciate how friggin' weird it is. Yeah. 
I uh, also I was curious, like what the TFW thread would even be for this. And it seems there are some folks who do know know the downtown magic. So because uh, they're so props. I don't even know, like because weeaboo involve in, in, that involves anime. I, don't to some know. Degree? I just know it's a derogatory like, <laughs> term. <laughs> like, what do you even call someone? Like, I'm an enthusiast for Japanese manzai duos. Like, I, you know what? You're cool. That's what. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wanted to give this little highlight because Jiminy Cricket, that came out of nowhere, and 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 props to TFW for reporting it properly. Um, but there's also another bit of news here I wanted to touch on because I feel like we're supposed to talk about this. Uh, and apparently this isn't the first time Hasbro's talked about doing this. Um, they are once again in talks to try to take over and or merge with, but probably take over Mattel. Here we go um, again. Cause Hasbro is worth 11 billion and Mattel is worth 5 billion. Yeah. Um, big fish eat little fish. Yeah. No fish left to eat. <laughs> and, uh, if I didn't, I, I'm not going to have altered the topic God list. Damn. So there's like, I should point out this topic is Hasbro eyeballs Mattel. And I don't know nothing about business. So this really is just in here to say, we mentioned it because if I start trying to like spit words about what this could mean, they would be very uneducated words. Uh, and mostly would just be parroting what I saw smarter people say on Twitter. So what I saw smarter people say on Twitter is that Hasbro and Mattel also do occupy a lot of space inside a toy aisle, and those two sections of toy aisle becoming one company could spell a lot of trouble for all those left in the toy aisles. Uh, that being your Bandai of America, uh, your your Funko Pops, and your that's really about it. But that would spell some trouble for Funko Pops, and Bandai of America would need to pull up its suspenders and actually you know, sink its its heels in a little bit more than it has in past. Uh, yeah, well, targets around here at least have a, like an end cap now that will have like McFarlane and some other smaller company stuff. Mm -hmm. um, then there's an aisle at the Toys R Us that's mostly NECA um, and McFarlane. Yeah, um, like the uh, the collector aisle. Yeah, but that's that's one end cap or one aisle out of a store that's now going to be, or assuming that this merger happens, every other aisle except for Lego is going to be these two companies effectively. Yeah, I, I should point out the reason I didn't mention Lego is I almost consider them a different genre. Like obviously they are toys, yeah. but Lego is is never going to they're they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. I, they're not even worth putting into this conversation they're they're too established mm -hmm. um this this would like the one i guess thing is this would put mega blocks under hasbro technically since they're currently under mattel mm. and that would that would be interesting i wonder if hasbro maybe would someone in hasbro who has some real bad blood about how creo went <laughs> this is like we're gonna, i'm taking mega constructs and i'm gonna take it to lego and i mean they would probably fail but yeah. uh <laughs> it'd be fun to watch them try yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't like this idea. I no, hope it I, doesn't this is happen. terrible. This is a, like the the few fun things that could come out of this are not worth that entire segment of a store, or you know, if it's a toy store, that that uh, most of that store being a vendor for a company. Uh, that is not a good piece of news. Um, I like. I would hope that DC would then. Be like, well, we're gonna let this license run out, 
and then hook up with one of those smaller companies. Or and even their then own. They get a giant big boost. Like like DC do their own toys too. Uh, like those Batman animated series toys and mm-hmm. all the uh, the ones in comic shops. Like they've got a they've got a catalog they, that I think the only reason that that stuff doesn't show up in like a Toys R Us is because of the Mattel toys. Um, and so yeah, if, if they let it lapse and did their own thing, like I think they could then get into shelves there. Unless there's or like will they just be stuck on the collector shelf with McFarland and NECA? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the legalities involved, I'm not actually sure because I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree with you. And this is the one thing I do know: Mono- like not monopolies, even, but things that are close to monopolies are usually pretty bad in yeah. a, a large space, uh, like literally the space that is toys. And also, given how shaky toy aisles and toys are in general right now, uh, this would not be a very good thing either. Without. Yeah. Like, if Hasbro was a benevolent company, maybe, but Hasbro was a publicly traded company with, uh, you know, shark-ass shark executives working at it. So, Who I does think... Ninja Turtles now? Uh, Playmates. And, you know, they would then become, like, one of the last remaining standalone companies. Yeah, because Turtles um, tends to get a good chunk of shelf space. They do. They do. Still. So maybe give them DC so they can keep building. I mean, they'll still. They'll, I doubt that they're anywhere near Mattel level. Oh, they're now. not. They're, even if they have DC, they wouldn't get near Mattel level. Like, not even close. Like, Playmates. Uh... And this is all, like, third-hand stuff from trade show floors, but I mean, like, when you talk about the Ninja Turtles line, as popular as it is, also, like, Playmates doesn't even have full control over the final paint apps. Like, their factory will just arbitrarily remove paint apps at times, and it it goes unknown till the figures are on shelves. Like, they are making kids' toys, 100%. Yeah, uh, but maybe if you inject some DC money, they could get with a better factory. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, man. Don't know. Like, end of the day, or like I Bandai, don't. Bandai, maybe Bandai gets DC, and I mean, maybe. And it, and Bandai sure <laughs> seems. The thing is, I feel like Bandai would be if 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 you, between Bandai and Playmates, the one that to me feels like the one that would kick its quality up to get up to like Black Series and stuff would probably be Bandai if they had DC shaking bags of money at them. Mm-hmm. Uh but then I don't know if there are reasons why DC wouldn't. I'm not precisely sure how Power Rangers enters into this either. Um, so once again, like I'll, I'll say it again, like in case anyone's getting super frustrated listening to us. <laughs> I at least am not coming from a point of actually knowing a lot about business. I'm really spitballing based on just the things I've heard. So we're like, unless Seth has a secret like business toy executive life I don't know about, we're not like slinging out like you know the final opinion on this that you should be taken as gospel. <laughs> Other than the part where it's probably bad if there's a pseudo monopoly on that much of the toy aisle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, like the only no, the sir, only silver like the only silver lining is the idea that like Barbie and He Man and I guess Hot Wheels would then join the Hasbro universe. Well, that's, okay, that's great. about it. Hasbro gets <laughs> He Man and then also does nothing with it. Yeah. I mean, well, look no, at all the know, stuff that Hasbro has that they're not doing anything with. The, I'm almost 100% just talking about like comic books even. It's just like, hey, no. maybe He-Man gets to join Visionaries in having a comic book. 
Um, but yeah, He-Man versus news. the Micronauts. I mean, Rom goes to Eternia. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if it actually happens, that's probably like literally the only positive news. So Skeletor and Cobra Commander team up. I mean, <laughs> Seth, don't make this sound so good. <laughs> Monopolies are it's, bad. Yeah, it's sort of the. I don't know. I don't know. Hasbro <laughs> isn't doing nothing with GI Joe. They're doing nothing with Mask. Like besides letting a comic book company have some fun. Yeah. They're not doing any physical stuff. They're not Hasbro themselves isn't doing anything. They're just letting um what calls them that do the comic uh IDW. IDW. Um there I know there was it started with an I and I kept thinking image and knowing that was wrong. Um, That'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just seems like Hasbro is like letting IDW have some fun with this stuff, and maybe IDW will build enough rep for those properties that they might consider maybe doing something else with them. But I'm not holding my breath. No, and then I'm... you're you're going to give them some more stuff. Like, if anything, I could see it kind of being. I could see it being really bad for He-Man fans because He-Man fans don't got much to go on right now except for like the stuff through Maddie Collector, right? Or like now the Super subscription 7. stuff. Well, but, isn't it sold through Maddie though? No, Super Seven I think is doing it all now. Oh, okay. Like even even the sales part. But oh, but but then what happens yeah, to but, that license? Yeah, right. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is, is Hasbro going to want to play around with Super Seven? Like, yeah. I don't know. I. I like I can't predict what Hasbro would do with it. I just don't think they're gonna do anything good. Yeah, like there's there are ways. Like I could, you know, one could say, hey, maybe they'll play so nice with Super Seven that they'll let Super Seven do collector stuff for other lines. But uh, that all, given that I'll say it again, given that Hasbro is a big ass, publicly traded American ass corporate company, I kind of doubt that the good version of that will happen. Like I, I yeah, wouldn't be mad the, if it did. <laughs> like. Because Hasbro could do that sort of thing now. They could hook up with one of these smaller toy companies and and have them design G.I. Joes or something just for collectors and do this collector-specific G.I. Joe thing. They're not. They probably mm. never would even dream of it. Probably the only reason why Mattel does it is because they are so far behind in yeah. second place that that they're more willing to take chances and stuff. But imagine if, like, Hasbro called up Boss Fight Studios and said, okay, <laughs> like, we want to license G.I. Joe to you guys. Make those G.I. Joe figures that we wouldn't let you make before because this is just going to be for collectors and we're not going to try and sell it to the kids. And, I mean, if they if that hasn't at least been a talk so far, like, Boss Fight is literally former Hasbro people. I know. Like, so, like it was, wasn't it the deal? Was they were all the frustrated G.I. Joe designers that weren't allowed to yeah. do what they wanted to do? <laughs> so they split. Yeah, I mean, that might be... I don't know how much of it was frustration, and I can't remember if they're still doing freelance work for Hasbro. Um, oh, no, you know what? After they formed Boss Fight, they did do some freelance head design work. But certainly, yeah, they. it seemed like the mission statement was we we can see the writing on the wall for 4-inch right now. And uh, and we want to do our own thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, those of you who do know the business... Um, you know, let us know your opinions on, in the thread. Also, if you don't know the business, but you think you can do it real convincingly compared to us, like, let us know in the thread as well. I don't know. 
Actually, if, you, if you're going to be like that, maybe go and do it in the real news thread. Uh, don't, you know, don't don't pollute the wonderful podcast forum too badly. Now I'm asking for it. Um, moving on from there, though, Seth, let's uh, I got two more listener questions for us, and they've got some meat and multiple questions in them. So it's more like we're doing five listener questions. Oh, wow. Really. Um, this first Wowzers. couple gadget, the first couple uh, come from Snowcat. Says uh, hello once again, Vangelist and Company. I'll keep it brief. First question: What is your genuinely serious opinion of Transformers having romantic relationships with humans? Um, if I were in a conversation, my immediate question back would be: What What's up? Are you hearing non like ingenuine, jokey opinions of this? This feels <laughs> like there's there. This feels like this is the result of some other conversation you had. Uh, but. Uh, I have an opinion on this, partly driven by the current comic books and the state of my boy Thundercracker, but uh, the the thing about this is that I think that if you aren't reading the comics, the only other example of this you're even possibly pulling from is the weird state of, oh, who was it, Power Glide and uh, Sea Spray having their fleshy pals for their one episode they ever got. So, Seth, what is what is your genuinely serious opinion? Well, as someone who identifies as a robosexual, um, I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, no, I think it's weird. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, what's your genuinely serious opinion? You just open up with an ingenuine, unserious. You, did he have a conversation with you and then send me this question afterwards? <laughs> no, I don't talk to anybody. Um <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I think it's weird. Like the, it's, it's never going to work out, you know, do what makes you happy. But like if, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, ha 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 ha, um, it, that relationship isn't going to bear fruit. If I you heard, know what I'm saying. <laughs> I heard like the italics on the, uh, ha ha ha. That was weird. Um, yeah. So if you go to the, the existing examples of this which primarily come from the 80s cartoon where they were run as like kind of weird dumbass jokes like there's there's not much to this because no like here here's the, the one time this was written with potential which is why i would say in genuine serious opinion the idea of romantic relationship with human between a transformer is like no that's doable inside it's like with sci-fi you can have a human and an alien become a romantic pairing for sure they're, they're whether or not they know they're doing this idw has done this to some degree with thundercracker and marissa fairborn and their son, the dog Buster. Uh, in that, it is a Transformer and a human who seem to share some kind of super legitimate, just interpersonal connection. And I think that that totally works. Like, the, there's a lot of stuff that can totally work in Transformers when you get outside of fiction that, that needs to operate on the, the tonal level of an 80s toy commercial. Well, here's... <laughs> Here's I'm I'm thinking deep on this stuff. Okay. So you have the Transformers, these sentient robots, and it's kind of been made a thing that they're not really gendered per se. Like they don't reproduce through intermingling of gender. And isn't it just kind of like the whole thing with the original thirteen was like one of the explanations is one of them 
was a more feminine what we identify as being more feminine therefore like we see those as girls but there isn't really gender distinction amongst so, transformers so the this all gets filled in by basically the last three or four years of the comic books where there was a bit of a turnaround and in the current state of the comic books it's more that a lot of Transformers have decided to use gender because it seems the rest of the galaxy does. And then on a meta level, I, I had a podcast with Mikey about this a couple years ago. Oh, gross. Um, just a podcast. <laughs> it was just mouths. Uh, basically, as because I used to be way into this whole idea of like an agender race of robot, whatever. But then I thought about it more and I saw more people react to what the current comic books were doing and I had a podcast with Mikey over on Moonbase 2 and I forgot what it was called because Moonbase 2 has like 5 billion sub podcasts yeah, but it's probably uh, the underground super base or something yeah one of those ones that they subsumed like a big old Hasbro and uh and so basically given that the Transformers comics are being written by people if if it is being pushed more like, hey, what if we just say Transformers have male and female and we'll, and what they've done in the fiction decently, I think, is just work it out to make that uh, to make that kind of shake back into the cookie tray of, of the greater universe. Um, I'm, I'm a little more into that. It's the same thing as how IDW Transformers decided, what if we stop having them use like made up weird cursed things like like slag that to the pit and then we'll just write a character going like, oh, what the hell? And then... If people really ask the question, we'll go like, well, here's the thing. Let's just say that he was using a super weird Cybertronian curse word, but because this is written by humans and you're all humans reading it, then let's just say that I'll write what the hell because that writes a lot smoother and reads a lot smoother. Because at the end of the day, these... Well, at the end of the day, these books are being written by humans for humans. Yeah, uh, and but... since, since we live in a human-centric world... It yeah, makes for, well, it, it's it's ended up making for better storytelling. Well, and I can see because then it gives them the writers the ability to, to portray the characters in ways that are more air quote human, so it's easier for the reader to identify with them, and then you could get into some more dramatic things if you have inner character relationships. But if there's no functional um reason for them to be gendered because they are still machines and they don't reproduce um through couplings then like why would thundercracker develop a romantic feeling for not even another one of his own type like another robot that he would actually have some theoretically some sort of ability to be connected to but a of a, a tiny little flesh creature well, this is the, this is the concept is like they could this is this okay is, so should, you could take thundercracker and marissa and you can make them super tight buds and yeah. they have like this understanding that's beyond just like, hey, we're teammates or whatever. But I think the idea of trying to cast that as a romantic thing is weird. So this is this is where I should probably lay out to me, 
romantic relationship is based on like the kind of airy lovey-dovey concept of love as opposed to the biological imperative of sexual intercourse and that's that's where i take this question from as well is like this is more about two characters in a, in a book falling in love uh in the way that they often do in story but in the way that also some people do just in life where it is more about like an emotional connection than it is about a, a physical biological imperative because I, I think that like that's well yeah because to me that's gay, the that's like, the yeah like because, that's the core conceit basically yeah because like real life gay people aren't you know are gonna have a kid um well, not not like through a regular <laughs> you know, before yeah through each like, other we'll fill in the gap like, there yeah <laughs> So maybe I'm coming off as like this caveman who can't accept this like uh, inner friggin like biological to non-biological love. But uh, it's kind of the core conceit of why Transformers have in, in the current books. And again, this has developed over the course of the last few years. It's a core conceit as to why they have interpersonal connections beyond teammates as a society. Um, in the like, they have this whole—I uh, don't want to go like super deep in it because I don't remember all the words—but they have like a whole thing that they've established for the last at least two or three years of like various levels of like you know this is what this is what it means in Transformer society to be like super tight pals, and then this is what it means to be like. To be like to basically be like these two have basically gotten in human terms or in human words married because I can't think of a better word for this. It's not married in in the legal sense, but it is like these two have decided to become a super like eternal couple. Um, I can't remember the phrase. I've read it like a bajillion times. Everyone, someone knows what I mean. I'm sure someone reading the comics is going to run and go like it's it's like a bunch of Latin words. Uh. But the, that it's that, and then uh, there's some other stuff in the books which I feel like fills in some more of these gaps. Like it's they've touched on the whole idea that like Transformers think that they are immortal unless they get like shot in the face. <laughs> uh, but there's like there's there's a, a cool bit with Ratchet in one of the books where he's like, we've all kind of been enticed by this notion that we're actually immortal, even though there's literally no proof of it. We've just all been alive a really long time, and no one and and we constantly just get shot dead. Like a, a lot of Transformers have not had a chance to die of old age, but it, if you talk to the right doctors, it's actually possible. We all think that we're going to live forever, but like we actually won't. But no one wants like Ratchet is, is an interesting character in those books right now. Yeah. Well, now I can see creating like some of these concepts to explain this alien race. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to argue against that because it's a fictional alien race. And I actually think it's cooler to come up with this other this other way of thinking about about bonded relationships that isn't mm. necessarily human um and if if that was the deal like thundercracker's coming at this and i'm just going to keep using this example because i don't have any other example to use it's like the one to use <laughs> yeah basically. so <laughs> If Thundercracker is coming at this thing with like, oh, well, this is how we do it. Like, of course, I don't look at this small primate that fits in my hand and have this human concept of um, like sexual feelings, like like beyond 
just like hey we're friends but like romantic relationship because we don't necessarily our concept that you would think of as romance is different so i'm i'm coming at it with this and then maybe marissa's just really into washing machines and stuff (laughs) (laughs) and has because humans can fetishize anything like in real life humans could fetishize anything we're good at it so actually, I guess it's, it's not impossible. Impressive. Yeah, I guess it's not an impossible concept that like if Transformers are real, that someone would like look at them and be like, yeah, man, that's what sparks my plugs. Well, the, but, the uh, other thing, I, there's, there's more details that like this is a really specific example for a couple of reasons. And I, I should I should lay out more specifics for you. And some of these I should have laid out for you right away. Um when I say that this is something the books might not know that they're doing, it's because they like this is not really a case in the current books. It's just that they have written it so tightly that I will be amazed and also kind of mad if they don't pay it off with Thundercracker and Marissa being a couple. Because it's just it would make no sense to not have it end that way unless they do something really stupid with either of those characters. Yeah, um, and I guess as we're talking through it and puzzling it out, like. I'm understanding more how it could work conceptually, like in a comic book. But oh, if in real more... life, in real life, like if a friend of mine was like, yo, I'm really into this giant alien robot. I think we have a future together. I'd be like, but what future? Like, <laughs> consider what how this is actually going to go. You're going to age there's... and die in what to that thing is going to be a couple of weeks. So that, they that is for millions of years. <laughs> that is, that is a plot line where if they go through with this the way that they really should, I really want that to be something that they tackle. Like, because it's also it's a classic story the the mortal falling in love with the immortal kind of thing. Yeah. But also the one other thing which which I think is is the <laughs> also, you a, work at Kmart and that thing <laughs> fights a billion year old war like. Well, they, there's, there's it one just other doesn't super, seem like a practical relationship. There's a super key thing, which I also completely failed to tell you at the top of all this. In IDW, Thundercracker also basically ditched the war and, ha- and hid on Earth ever <laughs> since. Kmart. So he, he ditched the war. When, when they did All Hail Megatron, he kind of disappeared from the books. And the way they filled in this gap is he basically was like, I'm done with this war and I really like Earth. Uh, specifically, I really like Earth television and movies. So Thundercracker basically hid on Earth in a cave watching TV and movies for like half a decade before anyone found him. Uh, And the effect that had on him is he now completely fancies himself to be like Hollywood screenwriter material. And that's kind of half of his character now is he's like constantly trying to write like the next great American movie. And he's terrible at it because he's a robot from space and he like doesn't even comprehend human emotions very well. Um. So that's the one other part is he's like fully enamored with human culture and kind of sucks at it. Uh, it's part of the reason why he has a dog and is very protective of his dog. So there's he is very specifically my answer to this question is like they're doing it well with him, especially if they don't drop the ball and then get all like dumbass G1 with him on it. Uh, that's my only big fear for the IW books is they like the war is over in IW. Like they have other conflicts now, thank goodness. Uh, 
And the the one thing that would slaughter the IDW books for me is if like someone, if some new editorial team took over and went like, can we get back to the meat and potatoes of Optimus Prime versus Megatron? Because it's like, all right, cool. You just shot the book in the brain. I, there's nothing left here if you do that. Um, so hopefully Snowcat, that's the answer you were looking for, or at least the discussion. I, I don't because the genuinely serious part was the part where I'm like, I don't know what this question is. Um, Snowcat did have one other question, though, Seth, and it was it's a lot simpler. Uh, and it's one that I think you and I may have answered before, but I can't remember. Uh, the question is, it's been a long time since anyone but Cullen voiced Prime. Uh, what voice actor would you like to see take over the role when Peter Cullen either retires or, God forbid, passes on? He's not getting any younger after all. Uh, cheers. Hope you're all having a nice day. Well, I was until you reminded me of Peter Cullen's mortality, but thanks, <laughs> Snowcat. Um, <laughs> so, I, Seth, I don't remember if we had this. Co- I had this conversation with someone in the last, like this year. It sounds like something that has come up in the past. Yeah. I don't, I don't know for certain. Because there are a lot of actors I could think of who could do a pretty cool Optimus Prime. Like, you know, any still active aged voice actor or you know one who can at least put on a good aged voice i think could have a good crack at it like there's a lot of good working voice actors right now um yeah. i don't know i give give the shot to somebody who uh maybe isn't as well known oh absolutely that too isn't one of the people that we could just sit here and just go you know, what what are voice actors i know the name of phil Lamar. Yeah. that's one uh, I mean, you know what? Phil Lamar would probably do a pretty good Optimus Prime. <laughs> probably. I mean, he does like that, a lot of good voices. Yeah, that's just, just, yeah, that was I, the first name that popped to mind. <laughs> I feel like the better question here is like, what kind of Optimus Prime voice would you would you look for? Like, obviously, if we're just saying a generic, you know, new Optimus Prime, you know, quote unquote generic, just someone who who has like a commanding charisma to their voice and maybe a little bit of that aged husk, I think, is the thing I'd, I'd want to hear. Um, yeah, I kind of missed I, the way Colin did it back in the day, where it was a little more country sounding, a little more youthful sounding. Well, not not necessarily youthful, but like less yeah. like this is a call to blah, whatever. Well, like. yeah, I, when I mean the aged husk, I, sh- I guess I should add like, but also I don't want him to sound like he's been alive for a century. Like I want him to have that faster pace that Colin used to have. Because uh, they are they are really directing Optimus Prime right now when Cullen voices him to just sound like the oldest robot, like speak, speak slowly. Don't use contractions. Sound awkward when you say anything that's like earthen, which is really weird because he's like the one who's been on Earth the most. Like they did that in, in RID 2015 recently. Someone was like Sideswipe dropped a super basic piece of Earth slang on him. Optimus Prime was like, what do you mean Sideswipe? And I'm like, God, come on. <laughs> he's been on earth like this shouldn't don't don't do the whole like young robot talking weird earth slang at this guy when he was here for like the 70s and the 80s and the 90s like it's it was i don't know i i wish that i wish that they would stop directing peter cullen to talk like that but i don't know how much of that ties into what he's able to still do you know with his voice getting on um if anyone listening like has any major ideas on an actor who could fill in, like drop it in the thread for sure. Also, Comcast, you suck. Whoa, Seth, Comcast's our buddy. It's our pal. It's no, our not. It's our. It's Comcast's sewage. Comcast's internet sewage. Someone just asked me why didn't I at them when I tweeted at them, and I said I don't at garbage. I dunk it. 
That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, so, Seth, well, I, I think I ended off there saying that if any listener has a, a, an actor they can think of who could do a pretty cool Optimus Prime to take over the role, to let us know in the thread. Tara Strong. Uh, Tara You know what? Sure. I mean, she's... You know, there are... I was about to say there are like there are a lot of working voice actors, but your your Phil Lamars and your Tara Strongs are like the new Welkers. You know, they're in everything. Nolan North as well. Like Tara there Strong are some... could do Optimus Prime as an adolescent boy robot. I mean, that is a number of roles she does. She's like taking over for Unikitty as well. Um, in that Unikitty cartoon I they're doing. Guess I assume that she was always Unikitty. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was, um, oh, damn it. You know, um, her name just flew out of my head. Uh, Unikitty Barbara was. Barbara Billingsley. Nope. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm this is going to sure. bug me. I'm pretty sure this, Barbara's dead anyway. This is going to bug me. <laughs> well, better Google Allison it. Allison Brie. Allison Brie. Oh, Allison... one of those, t- one of those face actresses. Yeah. <laughs> One of them face oh, actors. Alison Brie and Willem Dafoe are two names where, for whatever reason, their last name always flies out the back of my head when I start thinking about them. I see a picture pop up online periodically that says Willem Friend and a picture of Willem Dafoe smiling and Willem Dafoe and a picture of him scowling. That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> Not to go off topic immediately, we do have we have one more listener question here, but I quickly got to throw in my Willem Dafoe thing. I uh, I met up with a couple of uh, of local Transformers folks uh, at uh, Akiba Kisa, a little uh, anime cafe um, up north from where I am, and we sat down and watched some stuff. One of the things we watched was the Netflix Death Note film, and uh, Willem Dafoe is a gem in that movie. He's incredible. The impression that I've gotten from people who really care is they hate Netflix Death Note, but begrudgingly uh, give Willem Dafoe credit for not being uh, the worst thing in the world. <laughs> he's he's absolutely incredible in that movie. And in the credits, they show that they actually had him on set with like one of those like, you know, dots in his face and lights pointed at his face rigs to performance capture him. And I'm just like, you know, you could have saved so much money and the film would have been even better if you just put him in a dark suit, right? Like, mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe in a dark suit eating an apple would have been a hundred times scarier and cooler than your admittedly okay CG Ryuk. Uh, also, that film was okay. Uh, as someone who doesn't really care about Death Note, if they had... because that So the big victory, apparently, in that film was like, oh, we got the actual Death Note names for the characters. And it's like, did you know that if you didn't get those names, the film would have made more sense as Tales of the Death Note? And it would have been better because it wouldn't have had the baggage of failing to convey all those characters that you got the names of? Like, I was, my mind was blown when that film was over, where I was like, they did so much work to secure names that also damaged this entire movie. That's so it's so misguided, so misguided. Anyway, uh, we also have a listener question from Ke- from Kevin Sig, which we should get to here. Uh, this is several questions. He says, uh, "Hello again, WTF peeps. Did I miss a memo? What happened to the picture pick segment? I know you tend to skip it when you've got a big show covering a con, but both ep four eighty one and four eighty two were missing the segment. So I got an answer for you as the organizer of the podcast. Uh, it's a two parter. Number one." It means I can take away a semblance of freedom that my co-hosts have to select topics. Um, 
but number two, and the for serious reason, is I noticed that none of us seemed to miss it, and that the podcast no. seemed to flow slightly better when we didn't have yeah. it. So it it just seems to work out better. Like if someone does have a topic they really want to bring up, they usually just tell me. Or if I, you know, if if we're starting to record something, I know Aaron at least has done this once. He's like, "Are we not talking about topic X?" And I'll go like, "Oh, right," and then I add it to the topic list. Um, this just this deals with some dead air. It takes a little bit of performance pressure off the other hosts uh, and myself if we if we just can't think of a picture pick. Um, yeah, there's been several times over the years where I'm like scrolling farther and farther back on the front page of TFW, desperately trying to find anything, and it's just like, well, that there's nothing here. There's nothing yeah. here. Like because all like because we we get into these areas where especially like right after a big convention where there's nothing new like really at all and it'll just and everything on the front page will be like oh this pre-order went up for a thing we already talked about and oh here's a thing about a dvd bonus feature that who cares (laughs) or or it's like there will be a few a handful of things go up and none of them might click with one of the hosts you know, like even if something clicks with me or like, you know, clicks with Aaron or something like we're not the only two people who do pick picks. And, yeah. and it was funny for a while when it's like, oh, you're looking for a pick pick. Oh, you stole my pick pick. But like, I also feel like that joke is like, you know, we, we ran that joke's course pretty well. And we're we're in another well, era. I found now. it. I, I just found it irritating to, to like have to scramble because like Gog Dog would go before me and be like oh this thing and i'm like oh no that's what i was going to say and then i'm i'm not listening to what either of you guys are saying because i'm trying to find something else um so that's when i started like before we were recording to be like this is what i'm picking Mm. anybody got a problem with that so we wouldn't like run into each other that way and and full disclosure uh, like like right now on both types of episodes we're sometimes recording a few hours after we agree oh yeah let's record an episode tonight and so that sometimes means like you know for instance in seth's case sometimes seth gets home graciously like shovels a dinner down his throat and then starts recording with me like that's not enough time for him to also peruse the front page and like (laughs) like especially if nothing's on his own nothing's on your mind right and then it's like all right we started what do you want to talk about it's like um well i just got here so (laughs) Yeah, and so you know, sometimes there is stuff that I've seen over the week or over the last two weeks where it's like, oh yeah, that thing's cool, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. But then there's also been times where, and I'm only speaking for myself, like I'm not going to say yeah to what I think the other guys are doing because I don't know what they're thinking I, ever. I never know what Aaron's thinking. He's, That's because um, <laughs> he's probably a serial killer. Probably. <laughs> Have you like looked into his eyes? Like so many times, eyes. like I can't even shark tell. Eyes. Like, um. like full disclosure, beautiful <laughs> eyes, but also terrifying. Beautiful shark eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there's been times where like I've just picked something because I had to, and then you're like, "So what's your pick, pick?" I'm like, "This thing, it's all right." And then I don't want to talk <laughs> about it anymore. <laughs> I'm probably not going to buy it, but I guess it's cool for somebody. And once again, that is funny a few times, but like right now we're on that break where we need to not have that joke for a while. Well, if I was if I was listening to a podcast and one of the hosts 
was like that, I would probably be annoyed as a listener. And I don't want, <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly annoying, but sometimes I'm aware of Yo, it. And I try not to be. <laughs> don't take my qualities away from me. All right. Like I practice a lot of being annoying. <laughs> All right. Well, sometimes yeah. I have awareness of, of my shortcomings, and I at least try. No one's to, more to annoying than me! Damn it! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my Don't! God, oh my don't. God. No one's more annoying! <laughs> this, is what's, this is what people usually have to put up with when we're at conventions, you know, <laughs> off mic. Just me slapping my hands on the sides of the chair, screaming about how I'm the most whatever. Uh, anyway, that's the Just current like story you, on... It's very presidential of you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, guess what, Seth? Hey, uh, tell me what. There's more question like here. Guessing. There's more oh, question there's more here. Oh, okay. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, there's so much question here that you may have not even noticed that we may have segued right to another piece of listener question from Kevin Sig, uh, which he has titled, Another Q. Uh, have you ever looked at a Transformer and spotted a detail on a figure that you can't unsee? No matter how much you might want to. For example, the face on Mega Empress's chest that has blue and red eyes. So Seth, has this ever happened to you where someone's like, look, there's a face in that robot's crotch, and you're like, damn it. Yeah, that uh, the classics Ironhide totally had a face on his crotch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the whole, oh no, I, yeah, I forgot. It was to... like screaming. Wow. <laughs> it was like, ah! <laughs> I'm a crotch. <laughs> it's really, it really is like faces on toys are the ones for me. Someone pointed one out. I, thank goodness I forgot where it was, but someone recently pointed out a face on a toy's chest this past month and a half that was distracting me, but now I've forgotten it because I, get, I think my brain's trained itself to f- try to forget these things because it kind of sucks to not be able to unsee them if you don't think they're funny. That face was so clear on Ironhide's crotch that Carly outed him as a harasser he kept making the googly eye face at me (laughs) with his pelvis uh oh man now i've super forgotten the face i was trying to remember super forgotten that just blew it right out of my mind so i don't have a good answer to this because like so Seth has one established the best answer. Yes, yeah, Seth gave the best answer and also one two punched whatever I was trying to remember out of my head. So Yeah, it's uh it's probably that Ironhide crotch face. Yeah, and that's um, why Ironhide was kicked out of the Autobots. That's right. Sometimes me and Seth have conversations y'all don't hear, FYI. <laughs> but in case you're wondering if oh, we're geez, hiding something, I'll never we- puzzle out what we might have been talking about. <laughs> in case you're wondering if we're hiding something nefarious, let me assure you, no, we probably hid something you 100% agree with is the best way I can put this. If you have questions, ask me on Twitter. Uh, Kevin Sig's final question is in regards to a personal Holy Grail toy, something that you'd really want to have but doesn't exist. So for no, Kevin... Whoa, is he throwing down that there's no Holy Grail? Maybe. I think he's I'm, taking a stance. I think there are probably... Hey, Seth, let me assume there are YouTube channels that would have an argument about that. I guess. I don't know. I don't know none of them. You know, yeah, you don't, you don't dabble in that. Um, so Ke- for Kevin, uh, he would really like to get a toy of the G1 Viacon Decepticon vehicle drones that showed up in the last two minutes of Make Tracks. 
Uh, he always thought they were a cool design, if poorly animated. And also, he says non-Transformers items are fine for this question. Uh, he also gives a shout-out to Mark the Imaginary Man, his favorite WTF podcaster. See episode 480 for details. The rest of you people are okay, too, I suppose. Click. Uh, I just want to throw out there, Mark is not imaginary, and in fact, Mark is starting to feel really cornered by how, how much we called out Mark. And, and I think I established a couple episodes ago, Mark's actually a great person. Uh, Mark, Mark is fantastic. Uh, in fact, Mark, if you're out there, let me just tell you, you're doing real good. Keep it up. Mark is wonderful people. Um, as for a Holy Grail, Seth, like we are in an age where they make like lots of everything now. Yeah. So do you have any Holy Grails that are not made still? There were things when I was a kid um, that I was way more passionate about than I'm really being able to pull now. Because like a lot of those things like third-party companies have handled or... Um, were BotCon exclusives in some form or another. Uh, but, like, there were characters that I couldn't figure why they didn't have toys of. Like, it was a long time before there was an Orko toy. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't figure out, like, because Orko is so damn important in the cartoon, I couldn't figure out why there wasn't an Orko. And, uh... Like, I couldn't figure out why there weren't Quintesson toys. And the 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 Gator Sharkticon Alicon. Like yeah. I, as a kid, like that those were the ones that bugged me. And I always would assume, like, well, any day now they're gonna do it. And then when they finally did it for Orco, it was like, that looks terrible. <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't have ever done an Orco. Why would they do that? It's like you do crummy magic tricks with them this is t- maybe also, they should have spent more than character. a weekend yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i'm having trouble thinking of something that i wish was made like i got um, i got some I easy ones gotta be some stuff i got some easy ones but they're also fairly modern and unfortunately fairly predictable uh animated constructicons animated omega supreme mm. and as of now a whole lot of the decepticons from robots in disguise 2015 because that show is now over that toy line as far as i can tell is probably over <laughs> and there are a, a massive amount of incredibly good designs which at like some of them got dinky toys a whole lot of them got no toys uh and probably will not for a good long time <coughs> Yeah, animated Constructicons, that's actually a really good answer. That's a good answer. Mm. I'm sorry, I didn't think of that myself. You know what? I gave two answers. You can have that one if you want. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, <laughs> going outside of Transformers again, I would really like Storm to make a Sagat from Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. I would like that a whole lot. Uh, I don't think they're gonna, though. I would like Super 7 to make a Frank Langella Skeletor from the live-action He-Man movie. And that probably won't happen due to what I could glean of the rights situation from Toy Guru back when I interviewed him. Um, well, I would like, so once we're talking to Super 7 directly, and I know they're listening. They better friggin' be. Um, <laughs> they should really do another run of those um, Filmation uh, Skeletor and He-Mans. Yeah. Like, I, I just want the Skeletor, but... I mean, um, just, I, just, I know who, the He-Man sells for ridiculous money too. 
and uh, they're just leaving money on the table by not doing another run of those. Make that He-Man for the suckers, and make the Skeletor for us, the cool people. All right. Yeah. Um, I should I should mention I know that Super Seven have recently released Karg from the live-action He-Man film, and I don't know necessarily how the legality works for that. So maybe I'm also challenging them to prove me wrong. Uh, to go like, hey, no, we can make Frank Langella Skeletor look, and then uh, you know, I reap the benefits of my arrogance that way. Yeah, instead of hassling the guy at the Super Seven table at Santa Rosa Toy Con about them doing an ultimate trap draw, I should have been hassling them about doing another run of those Skeletors. Yeah. Well, also, I you know what though? I bet they've never. I say sarcastically. I bet they've never heard anyone ask for that. But maybe I would have. I would have phrased it in a way that finally made them go, yeah. We or didn't understand no one... why we should have done it before, but when this guy pointed out that we can make a bunch of money selling more of them, <laughs> <laughs> that now it makes sense. Unless You know what, though? I'm not in tune with the He-Man fandom. Maybe there is no call for more Filmation Skeletors. Like, Dude, maybe, look maybe... at their prices online. It's ridiculous. <laughs> It's the cheapest one I think I've ever seen was only $95. All the rest of them are over 100 and that $95 one was open. Yeah, that's probably the the most like numbskull tier of devil's advocating I've ever done. <laughs> that's <laughs> You know, maybe maybe people don't want a, a beautiful filmation Skeletor said the guy in the toy fandom before he got tarred and feathered. Uh now, if you went on eBay and it was just like twenty bucks, I guess, then you have a point. <laughs> uh, if it was to, all I, the other ones, all the other filmation ones are reasonable priced, like uh, oh yeah, aftermarket. It's just the, the human uh, and Skeletor are ridiculous, and why wouldn't they be? They're the main two. At the recent Ontario Toy Show, there's a guy who had all the Filmation ones except for those two, and they were like 65 Canadian each. And I was like, hello, 65 Canadian, Skeletor, please. And it's like, there's no Skeletors. And I'm like, well, I don't need Filmation Beast, man. He's funny looking, but I don't need him. Uh, I, I don't have any good non-Transformers answers myself other than SH Figure Arts Kamen Rider Kiva, but that will never happen. So let's just... Uh, Leave sleeping dogs oh, live. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I would like Figma or Figuarts to do. Because like they'll they'll get a license to a property and they'll do one or two characters and then they're done and moving on. Mm-hmm. And uh it's like, yeah, but what about the ones I care about? I'm, I'm, I'm stupefied uh, how many Romna figures they've done. Yeah. Well I th- I think that there must be I because Rama is not really doing anything otherwise, right? So maybe there's like something about the uh, sedentary nature of that license where they're able to just keep going at it. And it, it obviously also must be, be selling done, well. Um, oh. Well, I I don't know. I'm just saying I don't think I've... Maybe there have been. I'm just not aware of it. I'm going to do some hunting. But uh, I don't think anything else has been announced past Ryoga. Uh yeah, there's think. a chance. I mean, the only thing I can think of, and it's out, is Figart Zero Genma. Like the big panda. Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It's a statue. <laughs> well, he comes with a bunch of different signs. 
Does he come with different signs, or is it one sign and a bunch of stickers? I think it's a bunch of stickers. Oh, I just made assumptions when I saw his pictures back in the day. Um, that would suck if it's a bunch of stickers. There can't be a bunch of I, stickers. I looked at it at one point, and then when I figured out figure art zero means zero articulation, then I was like... Yeah, the <laughs> the real sad thing about Fig Art Zero is it also most of the time means we try to make it look like Fig Arts, which means we don't paint it as well as a statue. We try to make it look like an action figure that's stuck in a pose, and it's like, that means that it displays well with Fig Arts, but it also means it really doesn't feel like it's worth the money, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, uh, Kevin Sig, I hope that answers your questions. Um, I hope that Langella Skeletor is on the horizon. Uh, I want I. That's the only He-Man toy I still want, other than uh, Filmation Skeletor, is Langella Skeletor. And uh, Seth, that moves us into what we got this week. So, uh, did you uh, have any luck finding any Transformers this week? No. Nuts. It's just all the same stuff these days. Yeah. It's kind of discouraging. I'm sure that at the end of December you'll get Wave One of the new things, and then possibly enter a holding pattern with wave one but hopefully not well there's some titans return stuff i haven't been able to find like those later figures um, yeah i hope you do find those <laughs> well like the so the most recent deluxes i have are the twin twist um misfire and um the kabuki chick everybody hates. oh windblade um, windblade <laughs> um and then there's there's one more wave after that. Yeah, it's that a wave with a bunch seen. of... That wave is a bunch of stuff you've seen and Slug Slinger. Right. So I haven't found Slug Slinger and I'm looking. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm worried that it's one of those deals where stores are waiting to get closer to the holiday for, for a big reset and that wave will get missed um, pretty much everywhere. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm, if I try real hard, I bet I could find one online. You can. They are they are popping up. I think I don't know if Big Bad has gotten theirs yet, but they're definitely getting that wave case wise and in sets. But it's he's packed in with a bunch of stuff you already have, so it's uh, it's annoying. Unless you miss some other stuff, I don't know. No. Yeah. Well, I got if, a everything I didn't get from the deluxes are things that I chose not to get. Well. Uh, and you got slug slinger. You got slug slinger tax to pay now. Yeah. Um. Slug I got tax. some. I got some Japanese Titans return. Oh boy! Uh, recently, I got Japanese Cup and Hot Rod and Japanese Sharktacon. Uh, Japanese Cup and Hot Rod come with their Target Masters, so I finally got to see what the new Target Masters are like. They're okay. Uh, they're not perfect. In fact, so they're not. They're not perfect in that they are kind of just like slightly more poseable than titan masters and that's fine the thing that i'm really annoyed about with them is you know how titan masters all have those uh holes in their feet for the pegs that are all over all the titans return toys yeah so they didn't put those holes on the feet of the target masters the target masters just have like smooth foot bottoms and i do not understand how that could have been missed like, that is oversight that is boggling to me, because it means that when you take, like, Cup, for instance, turn him into a pickup truck, he's covered in little pegs for a robot to ride in his back, right? Yeah. 
mm-hmm. his target master can't use any of them. The way that they've said you can store the target masters on Cup and Heart Rod's vehicle modes is to turn them into guns and just peg them in somewhere. And it's like, sure, I guess you can do that. But it feels like you forgot the part where you equip these figures with a bajillion mounting points for smaller figures to ride on them. So, like, why the F friggin' flip don't you have any peg holes on the feet of the target masters? It's just, it's really annoying. It's the my single biggest problem with those target masters, just because it, I can't imagine how someone didn't get the memo on that. Uh... Otherwise, the target masters are fine. They they are very much like G1 target masters with better sculpts and more posability. Not hyper posability, just a little bit more. Um, they transform much the same. Um, they're decent, you know. Uh, Cup and Hot Rod in Japanese colors with their Japanese retoolings. Cup is great. Hot Rod is, the, is really good colors. Uh, he's got a new chest with some interesting stuff. The thing is, his new chest doesn't have sides. So... Whereas, if I recall correctly, American Hot Rod at least kind of had a solid chest, albeit a sort of a sort of wonky-looking one. Japanese Hot Rod just has a big hollow box for a chest, and it's really obviously hollow. Unless I missed some panels that fold out of it or something, and I don't think I did. Um, I don't know if I really like how it looks compared to American Hot Rod. Uh, even though the colors and the translucent flame is is nicer looking, the complete lack of sides to the chest is is taking a lot away from it. Um, Cup is solid though. Uh, he's he's all around, just just pretty darn good. He's got a really cute comic too. Um, the uh, the Japanese Sharktacon looks great. Uh, I would say the Japanese Sharktacon and American Sharktacons are basically equal. One of them's perfect toy colors. One of them's perfect show colors. Uh, Japanese Sharktacon includes a little sweep. Uh, he's sweep number seven because of this weird cloning gun story in the included comic books. Um. It's a, it's a decent looking head sculpt, and I don't know if I necessarily want three of them because I did buy three Sharktacons because I'm weird. Uh, and in the story, it seems like there are there were six sweep headmasters, and he's number seven. So I feel like canonically, I don't know if I can have multiples of this guy. So uh, yeah, that's my story for what I got this week on topic. Uh, Seth, I forgot. Did you have any interest in the Target Master Japanese versions of Cup and Hot Rod? Uh, no. no. Not enough to get them, anyway. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I remember we've discussed them in the past, like as pictures were shown and stuff. And there's things that I like about them, but um, not enough to to replace what I already have, sort of a thing. I was thinking about those discussions when I popped them open, since I was finally handling the Target Masters, and I was like, man, those discussions feel like a million years ago, and it's like, literally was just like two or three months ago. Mm-hmm. Really weird end of year this year for me. Um, anyway, going into off-topic stuff, Seth, was there anything else you got this week that you wanted to talk about? For off-topic? Yeah. I got Ryoga from SH Figure Arts, Ramana One Half hey! Line. Um, how lost did he get? Uh, it took ten years for it to come in the middle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's not lost. He's here. Um, so he's cool. And now, so I, I was thinking about it. I realized, like, oh, I haven't seen any solicitations for any more Romna figures since Ryoga, and that's that was a long time ago. I'm suspecting they're done. So 
I just remembered that they showed at least one or two new ones at a Did recent Tomashi Nations because they showed shampoo. Well, shampoo's been uh, out for a while. Oh, has she? Yeah. Oh yeah, you talked about her. Well, I never got her. I know, but, but you talked about not getting well. her. Yeah. Never mind me. Never mind me. I... <laughs> yeah, because there was male and female Romna shampoo. A cane Tendo was an exclusive to somewhere or another. I paid through the ass to get it. And then Ryoga, and that's it. And yeah, we're not counting Gemma because he's a statue. I mean, but if you if you're if you're gonna go get shampoo because, you know, then you maybe just because well, well because I started Panda. thinking like if they're done and they're not making any more, and then shampoo's the only one I don't have, um, then I might as well finish out the set. Yeah. If there was like another two to five coming down the pipe and they were characters that I was more interested in then I would probably keep just not getting shampoo. Um, but it'd be a bummer if they never did a moose. And I don't know if moose is important enough of a character. They they seem to have done most of the top characters. But a Tetawane Kuno. Kuno is a pretty ma- big character in that series. Um, yeah. Kind of surprised they, had, they wouldn't have done a Kuno. Um, I just still have this lingering feeling like I saw new prototypes for something Ranma at Tamashii Nations, but I am probably thinking of a really old Tamashii Nations. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. going to go Google oh, diving. Dude. Okay, well, there you go. Um, you tell me about, about Ryoga while I do this. Uh, he's cool. Um, he comes with some pointing fingers, so he could do his shatter point, breaking point. I'm not going to even try to pronounce the the actual... <laughs> book say i kuno or whatever the the move was hey look i did anyway i said i wasn't gonna and then i did um yeah he comes with a lot of stuff he comes with a gigantic backpack his umbrella um does not come with pchan that's why you gotta pay extra to get that (laughs) um uh, a cane a cane and her gi would be cool too um if if they kept wanting to do figures. Uh yeah, but he comes with like a bunch of faces, a bunch of hands, um a little box of treats or whatever to, to present to a cane. Um Yeah, and you know, he's a figure arts figure, so if if you're familiar with those, you kinda know the quality to expect. Um yeah, certain baseline articulation. Yeah. Seth, um, I clearly just had some kind of mental lapse because I cannot find a single thing on a new Ronma figure arts outside of the ones you've already talked about. Yeah, I tried looking a little bit myself while you were talking about uh, on-topic stuff, and I wasn't finding anything. I even tried searching for the phrase, is there going to be anything after Ryoga? And then I just found <laughs> lots of listings for places selling Ryoga. <laughs> They're like, well, here, buy some more Ryogas first, and then we'll talk. Yo, we heard you care about Ryoga. Ah. Oh, damn it. I just clicked on something and ended up being Pinterest. Get away. Get away, Pinterest. Scroll down. Scroll down. No, Scroll down. It won't let you. <laughs> <laughs> um, something else I got was the re release of Figma um, Kasanagi from Standalone Compact Complex, Major Kasanagi. Ah. 
Um, so I missed that the first time around. And then when I saw it was being made available again, I went, yeah, I want that. Uh, so I got her and she's pretty good. She comes with an extra pair of boobs. Um, as you do. Yeah. So, and then I, I was looking at them. I don't see what's really different with these two sets of boobs, but one of them is supposed to be for when you want her to be holding a gun with two hands. Oh, so they're supposed to be more pinched. I guess. They don't look that different. <laughs> I mean, I get they're slightly different, but it doesn't seem so dramatically different. And also, they're still kind of in the way. Um, mm. But that's a fun accessory. <laughs> uh, but, you know, another good figure. Again, a Figma. If you have experience with the Figmas, then you kind of know what's going on here. Um and then the last thing I got to complete the Japanese import toy three-way that I had going on this week is the, um, uh, yeah, let me bring up exactly which one it was so I get it right. Um, here we go. Here, and I, I should have done this ahead of time. I... I got Space Battleship Yamato 2202 uh, Kiken Tenzin 1 2000th scale Yamato by Bandai of Japan. It's about six and Ayo. a half inches long. I love that ship so much. It's one of my top five um, spaceships favorite spaceships it's so cool um it comes with a kind of weird stand um in that it looks like you folded a thing open with mirrors on two sides um mm -hmm. without you know being good at being mirrors they're just like <laughs> reflective stickers it's kind of it, it was kind of a bummer when i realized um that it wasn't like actually mirrored it's just sort of reflective stickers there essentially a link with pictures um but it, it's extremely well detailed um it has lights so the wave motion gun uh lights up in the front the thrusters light up in the back um all the windows in the superstructure and windows down the sides all light up blue um it's really pretty great um still at six and a half inches all the little antennas and the uh the smallest of the three uh bow turrets um are so thin and and fragile um i'm terrified to touch it hardly at all <laughs> and it comes with a bunch of weird little plastic tools so to turn the lights on and off, you have to pry off a panel from from the bottom to expose the switches. And then the switches mm -hmm. are so small and recessed in, you also have to use the tool to actually flip the switches. Like, my fingers don't fit in there. <laughs> Maybe if you had long enough fingernails, you could get them. Um then you also need that tool to pry open the battery doors should you replace the batteries. And then there's a specific tool just for 
turning that smallest of the three turrets because there's no way to get your fingers in like the the kind of back main body of the turret so the only yeah. thing you would be able to do with your fingers is to push on the guns and they're so thin uh you're gonna break that so this little tool fits over the body of the turret to give you leverage to turn it left and right I really appreciate that they give you tools for doing all this because so many toy collectors end up going to like, well, I have a screwdriver and then you're raking a screwdriver around on this little thing. So that's pretty neat. But uh, yeah, I really dig it. Um, I I like that Big Bad Toy Store's listing says a classy mirrored stand. Yeah, it's it's kind of junky it's kind of a junky stand <laughs> but it's better than no stand at all and there's yeah. there's options for oh and then like so the yamado has um fins that pop out uh from time to time so those mm-hmm. are separate pieces so like with that little prying stuff tool you pry out the the uh the flush plates to replace the fins if you want the fins popped out i don't want the fins popped out um I'm just going to leave those the way it is. Um, Is there anywhere inside, like, the bottom of the stand to, like, stick those fins or any of the tools? I think it's just hollow underneath. Oversight! Oh, that bug. It doesn't bug me. It just kind of bugs me. I'll have to investigate it. I have to admit, I didn't really look that much at the bottom of the stand. Um, I'm just like, when when you have, like, three little tools and two fins as your leftover bits, it's like, put clip spots for those on the bottom of the stand, and this is going to be golden. Yeah, and that stands weird because it's hinged, so you could change the angle of the back part. And then there's a clear plastic piece that plugs onto the back, and there's a variety of places you can plug it on to give it extra support so it doesn't tip mm-hmm. tip backwards. Um, so that's weird. Another weird thing about the stand. Then how the, the, the ship attaches to the stand is weird. Because you have one clip that just hangs off the back. Like, if you look at those pictures, you see, like, this clear plastic thing just hanging on the top of the the stand. Yeah. Um, so one of those options plugs into the side of the ship and then holds it there. And then another option are two little brackets that hang off the top back of the stand and then cradles the ship so you could plug it into the side or you could cradle it from beneath the plug into the side sort of hides it more but i feel that the cradle is more secure yeah i feel like the given like between the extra like the different stand options and the hinge on the base i feel like all of that is supposed to facilitate like certain types of display options like the reflective surface maybe it's like hey if your lights are here for your display tilt it this way or if you tilt it this way it'll catch the the built-in lights on the wave motion gun differently possibly uh, like they're they're probably accounting for a lot of minutiae that like i'm not sure if the if the instructions were english language or not yeah uh, no there's a couple bits that are in english like be careful and then an arrow pointing at a fragile thing oh yeah <laughs> but like 90% of the instructions are Japanese. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of options with the stand. It's just, 
not the best part. The ship is the best part. <laughs> yeah. And the sand is just kind of what it is. It, it looks really it cool. It holds it up, so it accomplishes that part. <laughs> um yeah so i i had two other um like blind boxed yamados from the past so now i have three sizes <laughs> this is the biggest nice. this is the biggest one um, now all you gotta do is, is track down that massive solo chigokin version oh god there's so many model kits and different size toys of it it's ridiculous um the one that i could have gotten in the past and then chickened out on the 109 dollars price tag and then when i went back for it it was gone was <laughs> um there was a model shop here in town that doesn't exist anymore and they had a couple cases of a blind packed one where um, I think it was eight boxes in the case. So each case had a different piece and you stuck all the pieces together to make the whole ship. So each box was a chunk of the ship, mm -hmm. but it was all cross section. So like if you had one of those middle slices, you could look and see the decks and the inner working stuff. I think I've seen pictures of that thing. Yeah. That sounds really familiar. So you could stick it all together and have the whole ship and then break it apart and see the cross sections. And then they did a clear version um, where you could just see all the decks, even when it was assembled. Um, yeah. Yeah. I Every now and then I kick myself that I could have gotten it and I didn't. And then when I changed my mind, it was too late. And I've never seen it again anywhere. I think I found it online once, like a couple years later, and it was like $300. And I was like, damn, I really blew it. Um, uh, I'll put it out there. Listeners, if anyone can find what he's talking about for less than that, uh, he's on the hunt. Well, I'm not on the hunt. He's on the hunt. <laughs> if I saw it's it, I would, have to, I would think about it again. But I don't know if I need it anymore. It's um, his potential think about it holy grail. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll think about it. Maybe I won't. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh I just thought it was really cool. Um Yeah. So yeah, I love that design. It's fantastic. Um and that was like the first anime that I was ever aware of watching when I was very little. And they were showing Star Blazers. And they changed the name of the Yadamo to the Argo because back then they didn't care about maintaining any of the original character names or anything. They had to westernize everything as much as possible. But um, just the concept of the show of like when at that age, there was nothing like it, like any cartoon like it where there was a it was an ongoing story. It told a beginning to end story. And mm -hmm. the narrator at the end would even let you know how much time was left because they had a year to get to where they were going and save the earth. And each episode would end, end with like, Oh, the star blazers only have 218 days left. 
And then next episode, they only have 217 days left because that episode was only a day. And sometimes it was a couple weeks between episodes. And and like I, I, I think I might have been in kindergarten or first grade or something. And it was on in the morning, so I'd watch it before school and then tell my mom on the way to school how many days the star blazers had left to save the earth. And she would go like, uh, whatever. <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Can, can we start thinking about like school stuff? That's where you're going. No, the universe. No, the going to save the earth. Asteroids. <laughs> um, so that's my toys. Uh, I have a video game thing. I don't know if you want to talk for a while first. I got a uh, quick toy thing I can okay, throw in here. to do that? Uh, the toy show uh, that I was at, I sold some stuff. I got a couple things. Mm. Uh, one of those things, I got uh, I got a Super Robot Chogokin Shin Getter 1 for 40 Canadian dollars, and that's a d- dosh darn good deal. Uh, but I also got something I've been wanting to pick up one of for ages. Uh, someone there had one of the 52 toys, Beast Box toys. Uh, they had the gorilla and the dinosaur, and the gorilla colors I wanted, uh, I think Type V3 Vince picked up. And the gorilla was also nearly twice as expensive as the dinosaur, so I got the dinosaur, uh, in the colors that I have linked you to. It's base, uh, yellow and white color scheme. So these Beast Box toys... Uh, this company is, has been kind of kicking these toys around for a bit. Like the dinosaur came out earlier this year in China, China. and then kind of just sort of fl- kind of floated around, and then sort of came out in Japan, and now is kind of coming out in the states. Um, it's a really cool conceit. It's one of my favorite transforming robot conceits. Uh, it's like the Candroids back in the day. They're just doing a bunch of beasts, and they turn into a, a mech, what they call a mech box. So it just turns into kind of a, a mechanical-looking cube. And then uh, that cube can, in this case, transform into a little Velociraptor T-Rex thing. The transformation, here's the thing, is that the transformation makes use, it's really satisfying. It makes use of a lot of very solid locking tabs for box mode. And then there's just enough happening to turn into a beast. And it, it uses, like, just nice angles. Like, when you pull the head out, you're not just flipping the head up. The whole neck is kind of coming out of a cavity inside the central torso as well. Um, and it makes for also a decently posable little robot dinosaur. So it just felt really good. I really uh, like it. And um, I'm uh, I'm planning to collect, like, at least, like, the molds of this line. Not, like, I'm probably not going to go color complete. Because it seems like they're doing, like, three to five colorways for every design. Um... But uh, I'm going to get me a gorilla, and I'm going to try to get me the Sakura Pink limited edition of the dinosaur. Um, There's also, like, a police version, which goes for stupid money, because everyone wants the police version. Uh, There's a clear blue version of of the dinosaur and the gorilla, which apparently is a little fragile. But uh, this base version feels great, transforms really well, considering it's not doing a lot. Uh, And it's extremely fun. So uh, I'm very happy with it. Um, Seth, have you seen these things kicking around on, like, social media? Um... It looks familiar. I mean, I must have seen it somewhere. Um, yeah, it's it's lovely. I think it runs for like twelve U.S. dollars. The dinosaur, and then the the gorilla is like twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommended if you can get a hold of one for a decent price. Uh, anyone out there listening, like they're they feel great. 
Like, hopefully the gorilla feels great to you. I'm just talking about the dinosaur. Well, in this but, link that you sent me, they rate it as must-have, so... Whoever oh yeah, they well, are. full disclosure. I, <laughs> I, I, I linked the myshinytoyrobots.com review because uh, it's there's some some good photo reviews on that site. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's my one little get other than Shin Getter and Shin Getter is just a solid piece of Super Robot Shogokin. Much like SH Fig Arts, you kind of know what you're getting when it's a good one, and he's a good one. Uh, I don't know why the guy was selling them for 40 Canadian when he he also told me, like, usually these are 50 Canadian. And I was like, dude, they're usually 70 Canadian, but I'm not going to, like, <laughs> tell you super loud. <laughs> Until I buy one, at least. And then I'll, then I'll yell it, it as I'm running away. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fool! <laughs> now, yeah, the, the guy was telling me that that wasn't the only thing he had on sale. Yell, he was like, You're a fool, then Chris wins again, and then run away. <laughs> Straight into a wall as I'm looking over my shoulder. Just friggin' pancake into the wall like Wiley e. Coyote. And as you yell, Chris wins again. Like, I want both fists raised high in the air. Like, running with two arms in the air like a kid at Disneyland? Well, no. You go, Chris wins again! And then you run. Like, you can bring oh. your arms down. Before I start running. Yes. I thought you meant I was doing all this while I'm running. Well, at first I did, but then the image in my head evolved all right i'll allow it now, you mentioned solar joking yes. which rung a bell in my head uh the one thing i think about whenever i hear that name and now i wave people off like you put out the call to like if anybody has this <laughs> yamato um i wave that off uh i will say if anyone could hook a dude up with like an obscenely cheap version of Solo Chajok and God Mars. I don't want to pay four hundred dollars for it. <laughs> I I don't think he retailed for much lower than that. I know, but if somebody is stupid and wants to lose a bunch <laughs> of money and sell it to me hella cheap, I'm in the market for God Mars hella cheap. <laughs> Quote, but if somebody's stupid <laughs> No, if they want to be stupid. I'm not saying they're stupid. But if they want to get oh, dumb, okay, and yeah, y'all want to get dumb with foolish. me for a sec. Yeah, <laughs> someone wants to do something foolish for my benefit and sell me a God Mars at obscenely low price. This is the TV price. commercial. <laughs> the TV commercial fade in. It's you in front of an obvious green screen, a blue screen effect. Hey, y'all! If you want to get dumb and help out good old Seth. <laughs> Like the the really crappy like old blue screen where it's like fuzzy all around the edges, yeah, all crinkly and yeah. stuff. Come on down, get dumb and, and help out old <laughs> Seth here. <laughs> Give me a God Mars. I'll pay you fifty bucks. Nobody knows who God Mars is. Every time I've ever brought this up and like tweeted pictures or something, people are like, "Oh, that reminds me of this cartoon that I care about." The, the Orbots. Yeah, the Orbots. It's like, well, they're not the Orbots. It's God Mars. Orbots, like, totally yeah. jacked God Mars' whole vibe. Orbots are garbage. Knockoff garbage. <laughs> and now somebody was listening going like, you know what? I, I, I'm i going to sell. I'm going to offer him this God Mars real cheap. Oh, he just trashed the Orbots. What a piece of crap. <laughs> I'm not selling. Yeah. I'm, now I'm just going to put it in the garbage can. I'm not even going to sell it to anybody. And that listener's name was Derek J. Wyatt. No, he doesn't like us anymore. 
Well, I know he. I know he likes his Orbots. That's uh, all I know. Well, maybe he just doesn't like me anymore. I don't know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know. Sadness. The podcast. Projecting my own inadequacies. I'm sure everything's fine with Eric. <laughs> well, Seth, you, the one place I know you for sure don't have inadequacies is the place of having a video game thing to talk about. Yeah. Because you said you did. So we got dumb and. All right. Decided, yeah, we're getting dumb. Decided that we needed to be able to play Nintendo games, NES cartridges. We got we got dumb and decided to buy some God Marses. Yeah. So we found out that there were two um, classic video game stores relatively nearby. One's in Katati. It is very close, and the other's in Windsor, which is a little bit of a drive, but nothing too uh, ridiculous. So we decided to scope them out and I had already like fallen into, I don't even know how it started, but I was watching video reviews of all these, uh, retro game systems, mm-hmm. um, from various companies, at various prices and of various qualities. And as I'm watching these, my girlfriend's getting more and more hype. Um, because that was, that's like the sweet spot nostalgia, video game era for her is the nes and she started getting like all nostalgic nostalgia hype and then we went to one of these stores and ended up buying um super mario brothers 2 and tetris without having anything to play them on with the idea being that we were eventually going to get something (laughs) um and so we eventually did um so we ended up going with the AVS, uh, which is about 180 bucks. So it's on the higher price end, but nowhere near the $500 of the uh, analog NT Mini, mm-hmm. uh, which she was sort of low-key trying to push as the way we should go. And if it wasn't $500, um, I would have agreed. If it was of equivalent price to the AVS or maybe slightly more. Uh, let's say it was $200, then probably would have gone for it because that seems like the absolute best. Uh, But at $500, I could get an Xbox One X for that much money. (laughs) And uh, so we went with the AVS. So the AVS is pretty Mm. cool. It does everything hardware. It's not an emulation thing at all. Um, So it plays the actual game off the actual cartridge. Um, some of these more emulator based ones, like the Retron five, um, actually just copies the, the game's ROM and saves it into its Ram and then runs it as an emulator. Um, and then you might as well just download ROMs and play off an emulator. If that's the way you're going to go, in my opinion, um, I think it's cool that this thing actually plays the cartridge and it has two cartridge slots, one for NES and one for uh, Famicom. So you could play some Japanese import games, which is pretty neat. Or you could just get this thing and an EverDrive and download all them ROMs and have all the Nintendo game, uh, all the NES and Famicom games that were ever made on one cartridge, if that was the way you want to go. Um, I did get this weird compilation cart um, from a Japan or a Chinese company that has 150 games on it. Um, some are the Japanese versions, um, 
so like the so like River City Ransom is on there, but it's the Japanese version. So it has mm. the Japanese name and things are written in Japanese. Um, but it, it was like 40 bucks and it's got a bunch of games. And some of those games I would like to get the actual cartridge for, but it's kind of just a way to have more of a library quick and dirty. And it was before I learned about the EverDrive cartridges. Otherwise, I probably just would have gotten an EverDrive cartridge instead. Um, yeah. But it, it's kind of an interesting... Car- it's kind of interesting in that they grouped up games by, like, series. So, like, all the Mega Mans are in there that came out for NES. But, you know, again, it's the Japanese version, so they're Rockman. Um, but the order doesn't have any specific rhyme or reason other than I think it's just what the guy that made the list likes. So like all the Rockman games are first and the Mario brother games are like buried in the middle. <laughs> I hate Mario brothers. I hate I, overrated Yeah, over Mega Man underrated, but only when it's Rockman. Yeah. So like I would have put the Mario games first. Um, and then there's a bunch of things that you think might be on there and aren't. Like Zelda is not. Uh, Zelda overrated. Yeah, Met- Completely overrated. No Metroid. Metroid overrated. No. I don't remember. <laughs> I think Castlevania is on there. I don't remember. There's 150 games. I can't remember all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so the AVS does not come with controls. Um but they use the exact same plug as the NES. So if you have old NES controls, you're already good to go. Um, to save some money and not run the risk of uh, getting some old old original controls that don't work very well. Um, did some research and ended up getting a couple uh, NES, um, what are they called? The, the Cadet control pad uh from hyperkin uh who are the makers of the awful retron 5 game system that uh, hey. is probably the worst choice that you can make um but apparently they made some decent controls so uh and they were like 11 bucks each on amazon so it, it was a cheap option that sounds pretty good um the people who make the avs make a wireless control that's like over $60 and had had some things in some reviews that I saw that didn't really make it sound worth $60 um, where these hyperkin ones are corded, which is a lot of the reason why they're so much cheaper. And uh, mm-hmm. I just like, I like a corded control. You don't have to worry about connection issues or batteries dying you just plug it in and then you, you go. Um, so it all works. We played those games a bunch last night. Like we just got the the AVS last night, so we hooked it up and played a bunch of games, and it was fun. Nice. But yeah, this whole replica or retro system thing going on is pretty neat. Um, I wish there was a a good Genesis option. I can't seem to find a Genesis option. A lot of this seems to be revolving mostly around Nintendo stuff. Um, 
And like the things that I've found that do play Genesis carts are all like the emulation kind of stuff. Like even yeah, that, nothing like one to one. Huh? Nothing that's like doing the one to one thing. Yeah, like it's copying. It's just copying the the ROM off the cartridge and then running that in its RAM. Um, did I lose you? No, oh, I'm okay. back. I said to mute for oh, a second. Okay. <laughs> <Just, I laughs> Hello. Freaked out when it got that quiet. <laughs> like, oh great, uh, Comcast did again. Um, we, we we've uh, for those who haven't caught on, despite how subtle we were, we had some Comcast problems today. Yeah, what else is now? Yeah. Um, well, last episode we got through, and it was just when we were continuing to chat afterwards. <laughs> right Comcast, afterwards, yeah. Comcast like we're done. <laughs> It's over. You had your fun. Yeah, well, you had to go anyway. I was holding you up. So yeah. Comcast was trying to help you. <laughs> um, Comcast is never trying to help me out. Don't give them that credit. Yeah, but like that. So like there's that like cheap ass Genesis thing you can find at like Toys R Us or Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, that has like a bunch of built-in games and also a cartridge slot. And then there's uh, like the Genesis Mini coming or... Mega Drive Mini, whatever, whatever weirdo country you live in, um, yeah. So like that that Genesis thing that's out now doesn't look like any Genesis that ever existed before. It's just a little black box. Um, the Genesis Mini is gonna be kind of like what Nintendo's been doing, where it's a shrunk down classic Genesis shell, but. It also has still has a cartridge slot, um, so you can play cartridges. And it has a hundred or not a hundred eighty one built in games, but like thirty or forty of them is just like garbage shovelware games that never existed on the Genesis, <laughs> um, yeah. just to inflate the number. And that's going to be another emulation situation. So yeah, you can get yourself a copy of sonic 3 and stick it in the cartridge slot but then it's copying the rom and then running it through the emulator um and there's going to be some um issues in regard to uh um compatibility when you when you run into that like there's some like on on some of these cheaper nintendo things that are emulation based there are certain cartridges that aren't going to run because they were either like unofficial, like unlicensed Nintendo seal of approval games or had some special chip in it originally that these emulators can't deal with um, where the ones that also, are running hardware style, um, you're going to be able to play like 99.9% of anything you find. I also super don't trust uh, audio emulation for Genesis stuff right now. Like no one seems mm -hmm. to get it right. And then, like if it's if it's gonna be emulated anyway, then why bother? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, if why bother yeah, with like the cartridges? You said, just get, yeah. Just get the ROM, like you said. Yeah. So yeah. So if you are gonna do an emulate, oh, and like the things like the EverDrive. So like, don't think, oh, I could get this cheap like the Retron 5 that has slots for Atari, or not Atari, um, NES, SNES, Genesis, and I think seven other things. 
and then think you're going to be able to get an EverDrive cart for each of those and then have all the games for those three systems because um, it doesn't have that ROM front and center for the, the Retron to dump because the only thing that's on the cartridge is the menu software to, to mm-hmm. launch the individual ROMs. Um, so like those are going to work on something that's hardware based and there are some smaller, cheaper hardware based things. Like I think that the, uh, retro duo and retro trio are hardware. And those are like more in the $50 range, if I remember correctly. So like you could get something like that and a never drive cart and then download ROMs all day and have a complete Nintendo library for a hundred bucks all said and done um i guess just if you want to dive into this sort of thing figure out what it is you want to do and how much you're ready to spend because like with the analog nt mini the 500 dollars deal um the guy that uh, analog hired to program the chips also programmed a jailbroken firmware uh, that that analog decided will not void your warranty if you download. And it's it was written by the same guy. So it's not a hack job. Like, And th- this is the dude that knows how to do it, if anybody knows how to do it. And then once you do that, then that thing, all, then that adds emulators for everything else. Um, now, th- this is a an 8-bit based system because it's it's meant to be emulating the NES and Famicom. So pretty much anything of its equal or less. So like Turbo Graphics, Atari Twenty Six Hundred, um, ColecoVision, and Television, like all that stuff, or the the um, Sega Master System. It adds emulators for all of that, and there's an SD card slot on it, so you could download a bunch of ROMs, stick it in there, and then you running your Nintendo games off of cartridges and everything else you can emulate to your heart's content. It's actually kind of amazing how much you could do with this thing. I wish they would re-release it with a plastic body for a fraction of the cost and not milled aluminum, which is why the damn thing is so expensive <laughs> in the first place. High-end friggin' nonsense <laughs> keep selling the aluminum ones for like status the whores that need to be cool um, and then sell the rest of us a plastic one and it's going to be fun because analog's working on a uh, super nintendo equivalent um, that will have a plastic body and cost nowhere near as much I think that's going to be like 180 like the AVS is um mm-hmm. so it's not like they can't it's not like <laughs> there's a gun pointed their head by the aluminum lobby or something <laughs> big aluminum is yeah. like no man push the status push the status sales <laughs> you're gonna keep using aluminum and you're gonna call it aluminium proper anyway that's hey. my blah blah blah. Well, uh, 
I am glad that you got a milled aluminum fancy pants system no, because didn't. now I can. I got the plastic AVS. I got the AVS. That is not the aluminum one. Now I can tell all my friends that I know a guy with a fancy pants aluminum system. And if they ask, just go like, hey, someone stole it. Um, bleh, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking about Punch-Out right now because uh-huh. you're talking about Nintendo. And uh, that's a non sec. That is beyond a non sequitur. And the last time we did a non sequitur, it, it we had to cut it out for the podcast. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna not non sequitur off of that. Somehow that would become inappropriate. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to do that, or that you got off topic uh, this week? No, but like the the one last kind of crazy thing about the the analog company. Um, so yeah. the original analog mini. Um, was also aluminum. It was slightly larger than the NT Mini. Um, or was it analog NT? And then the Mini came after. Um, so the hardware, the guts of that, those, their original product, um, were from old NES systems. So they would get like old beater systems Frankenstein the parts together to to working hardware and then put it in this aluminum body and it was sold as like a uh, as a uh, like a high end kind of version of the NES then it got to the point where it was getting to be way too much trouble to find NES's to gut so that's when they got into doing their own hardware, but kept the expensive ass aluminum gimmick. And with their super NT, um, it looks like they've grown out of that and realized, Hey, we could make more money selling more things if they were cheaper. <laughs> so, which there. is the lesson to pass on to that. That's yeah. So, Hey, let's pass on to Super Seven. Yeah, yeah, super dummies. <laughs> Skeletors <laughs> make like hell of them. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we made ten last time. Ah. <laughs> well, we, that seems we like we never that's... anticipated anyone would want to buy Skeletor and He-Man figures. <laughs> How are we to that's know? A... We thought they all as, wanted as... this plant-faced guy that was in one episode of one cartoon <laughs> hey man don't knock evil seed <laughs> yeah evil seed. i know it was something stupid like that <laughs> this is me sneaking up towards you know the folks who are who are backing away from the uh the super seven rant just going like hey thanks for listening and uh we'll be back with some more transformers talk later on mm-hmm. and now that i'm fired Until up then. hey hasbro Whoa. When you do your Legends movie figures, like, can, like, the whole wave be movie figures, please? Like, I'm looking at this Black Panther wave, and I'm, like, super stoked for Black Panther. I'm wondering why there's anime friggin' Iron Man, Black Bolt, and Submariner in the wave. Oh, you didn't want to anime, you didn't want to have to buy those in order to get one of the friggin' main movie characters? Yeah, what's up with that? And there's a bunch uh, of other main movie characters that aren't even in there. Yeah. yeah there's no it's, Claw. It's, Where's Claw? I'm starting to feel super weird about, about like, not super weird. 
I'm happy I got Death's Head too. But now this is like how another <laughs> line where it's like, all right, we got a female movie character and it seems she's popular. What if we break her up to be the Build-A-Figure where it's not even defensible that we would need to sell her in parts because she's literally the size of any of these other figures. Yeah. Except for, well, we've done one of these girls. We got to break up the other one. And isn't there three of these like badass bodyguard chicks? Who just I mean, isn't even going to get a figure? Like, there's one with Voltron hands. Yeah, she's got yeah. like awesome, like metal jaguar fists, and she's not well, look, getting a needed, figure. We needed to make another Iron Man because some people didn't get a chance to buy Iron Man yet. All right. I don't want anime Iron Man. I don't even want Black Bolt, and I love Black Bolt. Anyway, or Black Bolt. Anyway, we got to check out. Running, so been ruining Black Bolt. I, I gotta push the eject button here, okay. so we, we will talk to you all later. Let's get out of here. But, uh, Before I get wild up about something else. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk to you all later, but uh, you know, let's see, see you later, and don't 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 poke don't poke the bear. Don't start don't blow against the the butterfly. Don't start a tornado. Let me give you all my opinions on sexual harassment. <laughs> oh no! Beep. <laughs> Means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.